Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Armchair Booking. I'm Steve. My co-host is Kyle. Say hello, Kyle. Hi, guys. And tonight we're going to be discussing Royal Rumble 2014. A little bit of a controversial one because it's actually considered one of the, well, least popular, I guess. I don't want to say the worst. But, yeah, it's considered one of the worst Royal Rumbles that have ever happened. Um, before I, go ahead. Everything that's wrong with WWE wrestling started at the Royal Rumble in 2014. Well, hopefully they'll figure out how to fix some, some of the wrongs. Um, but before we go any further, I do have a couple of um, recent announcements when it comes to wrestling. Um, Thoughts going and prayers going out to Rusev. He was recently diagnosed with COVID. I don't know if you heard about that, Kyle. I did. Yep. And um, one of the original divas, um, Sunny, running Tammy Lynn Sitch, just got it, recently got out of jail. And apparently a couple of days ago, she turned around and she got rearrested again. It's, uh, it's a shame. It's amazing really. to see how, how her life has fallen. So, I mean, we wish her nothing but the best, and we hope, really hope she can turn it around. You know, so, Tammy, please turn it around. Not that you're hearing us, but please turn it around. But, all right, so on to Royal Rumble 2014. And, like I said in the description, <laughs> the boos were loud in Pittsburgh that night, January 2014. The crowd was not having what they were given. This is supposed to be the oh. night of Daniel Bryan. WWE thought otherwise. This was never promised to be the night of Daniel Bryan. It's what the fans wanted. But exactly. WWE never delivered. Not until much later on, but then it was almost too little too late. And, and it would, like I said, I mean, we're still feeling some of the repercussions for that uh, today. Not just for this Royal Rumble, but the uh, subsequent Royal Rumble for 2015 as well. We can cover that one some other time. But tonight, uh, the, the the card itself actually started out pretty promising. Now, that first match, beyond, besides the dark match, the first match between Daniel Bryan and Bray Wyatt was actually a really good match. Well, you, you take this storyline going into that match. You make Daniel Bryan, who the crowd wants as a face, and, and to cheer. And you put him in the Wyatt family. And it's it's just the exact opposite, and you have to wonder why. Well, Daniel, you know, the storyline goes that he only joined the Wyatt family so he could tear them apart from the inside. But I think it's, they, they changed their minds because they realized how much the people hated the idea. But you, you have to mention the pre-show. And in this case, um, we we have talked about AEW. You have D- Dustin Rhodes as Gold Dust, Cody Rhodes, who wrestled the New Age Outlaws, both in their fifties, to start off this event. Were they in their fifties at the time? They are in their fifties. No, they're not that old, are they? Yes, both of them. Well, they weren't then. Uh, Road Dog is just now 51. 
and Billy Gunn. I mean, now granted, you know, he was still in his mid forties. Okay, Billy Gunn was fifty. Or almost fifty. Goodness gracious. But either way, um yeah, because the network had not started yet, at least where I'm at. And we had just moved into our house and I don't I'm our cable may not have even been um, hooked. It's possible, even though that's who I work for, you know, in real life. But um, we I, we may not have even had our cable yet. So I wasn't able to watch it live. I had to watch all this after the fact. Once the network came I, I, I remember watching the pre-show and just not believing that the New Age Outlaws were tag team champions after this. It, <sighs> You know, and I don't understand the point of making them the tag team champions because they did lose them at WrestleMania, and I'm trying to think who they lost to without having to look it up. And because the match itself was quick, I'm about to look it up. But that that's another one of those booking decisions of you know, what's the point? That should be a slogan for a new WWE. WWE, <laughs> what's the point? What's the point? <laughs> I, I I watched the cage match, and clearly Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, most over wrestlers of the night. And yep. in this case, what do you do? Bray Wyatt goes over. And he pins Daniel Bryan middle of the ring and why? Well, because they were not sold on Daniel Bryan, it appeared. He doesn't fit the mold that Vince likes of the big wrestler. He does not like small guys. I mean, you really, really have to always fight your way in there if you're a small even look at Shawn Michaels. It took him a while to really convince Vince that he was the man. And Daniel Bryan, I mean, he doesn't have the look. I mean, he looks like, you know, a hippie that just came out of the woods. And, you know, VKM, he's not going to get behind that, or at least he wasn't. You have to force him. You remember years past, um, they kind of went with what the fans wanted. So if they cheered, um, the wrestler got pushed. And if the crowd was silent, the push kind of came back and was lessened. It, it, it At some point, they just started giving us what, here, here's a crap sandwich. Enjoy eating it because that's what we're giving you. That's what it appears like. And in this case, um, by the way, yeah, they lost to the Usos. It wasn't at um, WrestleMania. Stand corrected on that one. It was just on the episode of Raw. Um, now, did they? So it appears like maybe they had them be transitional champions between Cody and and Goldust to the Usos, which I don't understand that reason either. 
So no, nothing uh, about the first two matches. The first two you look at and you go, why? What's the point? Well, I actually did like it. I mean, if you look at the match just for the match's sake, regardless of any kind of storylines, um, Bray Wyatt and Daniel Bryan, I mean, that was a great match to me. And I think Bray Wyatt, I mean, they have severely underused him because, I mean, he he could have been the stable leader, you know, for this just – well, he, was, he did have a stable of monsters there for a little bit. And, of course, now, you know, two of them are, of them are gone – and the other one, and now he's feuding with. And and I know, you know, the, his character had to evolve some, but it, it's it's like look look at this. Um, the first group that goes over is the New Age Outlaws. You say WrestleMania is is built by the Royal Rumble, uh, Elimination Chamber, and and WrestleMania. So the tag team champions, transitional in this case, they team with Kane, go on to lose to the Shield. There's a way of getting the Shield over. And, and like, did beating the Outlaws and Kane build the Shield any more than they ever um, – Then the the next match you have um, Bray Wyatt, Daniel Bryan, and you want to make Bray Wyatt a star. Okay, you give him Daniel Bryan to make him look good. At WrestleMania, he faces John Cena only to lose. And this is actually something that kind of puzzled me. Also, I mean, because when we finally got our our cable on our internet got it all hooked up and I was finally able to start catching up with everything because we had also been living with family members uh, for a year prior to that or almost a year prior to that so I, I was really really out of touch and I came back and I had to actually say who is you know, okay this Bray Wyatt person and why does he remind me so much of Kevin Sullivan and <clears throat> and then Daniel Bryan I was like man this dude this dude's good he's got a lot of actual wrestling holds and good wrestling holds. And, you know, his what they call it the yes lock, which basically looks like a cross face, except for the way he positions the arm, to me, makes a lot more sense. You know, just the way it looks. But you ever been putting a LaBelle lock, which that is? Which one? The way Daniel Bryan does it or the... The um, way Daniel Bryan does it. That looks like it hurts a lot. It hurts a lot. and it looks like your your arm. I mean, it, your arm is trapped. You know the uh, the way some of the other ones do the cross face. It just looks like okay, I'm going to kind of hold your arm between my knees here. You know, and it almost seems like they could almost just pull their arm out. And it just it, that one it just doesn't look as effective to me. I mean, that could be wrong, but the um. Pinning the arm doesn't hurt as much. It's to keep you from getting out of it. Right. But the the pull on, on the neck, right. um, depending how you pull it, that hurts a lot. And to me, some of the better parts of that match, well, obviously when they, they threw out Harper and Rowan, but 
it was right there close to the end for Bray Wyatt when he did the Sister Abigail up against the the barrier. Absolutely brutal. Oh man, the way he did that was like bam, bam, and it was like, are you kidding me? Um, you know, and he just put him in there. Then he did the real Sister Abigail on him, and boom, lights out. But what always confused me is okay, so why? You know, there was really there was no rubber match really. I mean, I know they had had some kind of cage thing before that, but it was just kind of like. He was in the family, but he did it under false pretenses, and he did it to a, a, actually get in and attack Bray, but then Bray beats him. But then that was it. It just kind of stopped because later on, of course, Bray interferes in the match with Orton and Cena. And so that program started literally half an hour later. And... I was like, okay, don't understand the point of it. Um, and then it continued on at Elimination Chamber. You know, same thing. They're attacking Cena, but why? And they just kind of it, forgot about Daniel Bryan. It, this this part, um, looking back in hindsight, you could almost see where they were trying to set up WrestleMania. But that whole WrestleMania card is like why? Well, as well, I don't think they had it all planned out this far in advance um, about Daniel Bryan having to fight to get his title shot at WrestleMania. I think that was kind of thrown on there last minute because the fans were getting pretty irate, and even at WrestleMania. Um, you'd have to watch it on the network, and I, and I don't remember the exact moment it occurred, but one time there was a sign out in the audience that said, if Daniel Bryan loses, we riot. And I, I could believe it. I mean, the way it was, you know, that night, the way everybody felt about Daniel Bryan, I could believe it, if, if, especially if Triple H had beaten him. Because, you know, the, you know, the criticism that WWE has been catching anyway with – Triple H is then he likes to hog the spotlight, especially when it comes to WrestleMania. He's going to make sure he's in there. Not only that, but a lot of times he's going to have the longest match on the card. You look at look at any time Triple H is on a card, look who has the longest match. It's always him. And the best entrance. Best entrance, yeah. But I mean, but he's still going to have the longest match, and why? But anyway, I digress. You know, <laughs> before we go on to other other cards. Um. But it just kind of ended that story. Because I don't, they've not even revamped it at all since then, have they? It's like they don't even no. talk about it. So maybe, I mean, maybe they didn't have anything for Daniel. And they had to, they had to make some changes you know, to WrestleMania. Um, you know, probably, well, really, right after this card, because right away, then Brian starts with the, oh, you want me a title shot. I want a title shot. And <clears throat> so, I mean, or maybe they did actually have everything planned out. I find it hard to believe, but it is possible. I do think they had this next match planned out. Oh, Brock and Big Show? With my favorite wrestler, Brock Lesnar, 
Air Hero National Icon beat the Big Show in two minutes? Well, asterisk. The match itself may have been two minutes long, but he beat Big Show down with a chair for about five, ten minutes before that. Weakened him up before the bell even rang. They made him the beast. Right. And to be honest with you, I don't think it really helped Brock Lesnar unless they were going for like the super heel. Well, at this point, because really, had he come in in April the prior, which he did the day after WrestleMania, and um, beat John Cena in his first match. Ultimate Superstar would have been over forever. But what do they do? They have him lose to Super Cena, and then they have to rebuild him. Right. It's almost like it was a test to see if he would do business or not. Well, I mean, I think he he did all right for the rest of the year, though, so. This match is all about building Brock Lesnar. I just wish they would have done it in a different way. Um, Because somebody with Brock Lesnar skills, and yes, I mean, uh, you know he's not my favorite, but I mean, I will acknowledge and give credit where it's due. You know, he, um, he, it, he is an absolute beast. I mean, there's no no doubt about that. You know, the man just looks like somebody that you wouldn't want to mess with, and then you see his credentials, and you know he's not somebody you'd want to mess with. But for him to attack anybody, you know, even if it is a big show, before the match with a chair and beat him down before the bell rings, it honestly makes him look a lot weaker than what it needs to because Brock Lesnar doesn't have to beat anybody up before the match and sneak attack him with a chair before the match. does. Right, but and now I just wish they had had him come in there and beat Big Show uh, in two minutes just straight up. But you know, would have, could have, should have. That's why we're doing this now. <laughs> we're telling what we would have done, what we think should have been done. Because uh, I, I, I don't think it wouldn't have hurt either one of them. The the big show at this point, and especially now, he was basically a giant jobber. The threat by his appearance was that he could be anyone at any time. But it's almost being the big friendly giant. Right. And he put way too many people over, and he was too overexposed. Yeah, that was one thing they shouldn't have done uh, because somebody who is that big, and then they kept they kept turning him. Okay, he's a heel. Okay, now he's a face. Okay, he's a heel. Now he's a face. no, he's a heel. Now he's a face. And after a while, you just you didn't know what it was, and so I, I was actually kind of glad that after that match he had with Strowman up in Columbus, and I was actually there for that match when the ring collapsed. One of the coolest things ever, I'm not going to lie. But after the match, um, you know, he was actually gone for a little bit. You know, and I know he was, like, rehabbing some injuries and stuff, but that was also 
the night that um, they they didn't have this on the wall itself because once the ring collapsed and the referee fell out, which was the, one of the funniest things you'd, you'd ever see, they you know the, the show went off the air. But what they didn't show, and you can actually find this on the network, you know, like a, kind of an after the raw type deal. The whole audience actually started chanting, you know, thank you, big show, you know, thank you, big show. Whereas the year before that, they were saying things like, please retire. And, you know, so all of a sudden it was a complete 180. And big show, I mean, I'm pretty sure you know his means. He's kind of sensitive. When they started, yeah. you, know, you know, thank you, big show, I mean, he actually started you know, tears kind of come up in his eyes a little bit, you know? So, I mean, it meant a lot to him. You could tell that, but he's also professional. So, I mean, he did the job that, well, the match ended once the ring collapsed. And just like on this night on Rumble 2014, he's professional. You know, he did the job for Brock and he put Brock over. So, Maybe they did it with the chair so it wouldn't hurt Big Show as much, you know, hurt his character. Like I said, I mean, he had been used as a job guy for a while, the big job guy. The the chair just a a tool. Um, it, it's hard to say if the chair is introduced here to m- make him more of a threat at WrestleMania because he he did use the chair in his. Lesnar match. Right. So, um, that match seemed to be like the beginning of some other things for Brock because we know um, come SummerSlam is when he, he smacked Cena around like he stole something and took the title from him. Um, Su- Suplex City. Yeah. And I don't remember hearing the term Suplex City before that. No, he said it during the match, and it got over big time. And because it's family-friendly, I can't say how he said it, but he said it during the match. I'm pretty sure there was an adjective at the end of it. Probably the same adjective he said a few times. So next match on the card, um, probably the most ill-received of the matches on the undercard. And that's John Cena facing Randy Orton in the World Championship match. The fans were not having it. Any of it. So, main event and and you have a non-finish with the Wyatt family interfering. Well, I mean, Orton won, but it was it was no disqualification. Well, they said the only way you could win was by pinfall or submission. So, no disqualification. And they did a lot of good moves, and then they started, they did the thing where, okay, Cena's going to do the RKO to Randy. Oh, but Randy just did the, the AA to Cena. And so they're doing each other's moves. Of course, everybody's kicking out of everything. You know, they did their own finishing moves to, uh, 
to their opponents, and they still kicked out. Of course, I'm not a big fan of that because after a while, you, it's no longer making your guy look strong. It's making your move look weak. And it, the match was too long. And when the crowd started booing, it's time to call an audible. Let's go home. They ain't having this. And how many times did they wrestle already? You know, at pay-per-views. John Cena, Randy Orton, much like Edge, Randy Orton, uh, Big Show, Randy Orton, just over and over, every couple years, they'd return to that feud. And it worked. But at this point, the fans wanted something different. Like, they didn't even want Randy Orton as the champion. Right. At, um, At this point, he was kind of forced on us at SummerSlam, aligned with the authority. Like, I cringe looking back watching authority promos, Randy Orton. Like, just wasn't wasn't good television. No. And I, I still don't know what to think about Randy Orton. Because, I mean, he's definitely got the look. And he's got the pedigree, you know, his lineage, you know, the third generation. And each generation is better than the last. Because I think, you know, his he's better than his dad. You know, and, his, and Bob Orton Jr., of course, I mean, he was part of the, the main event, the very first WrestleMania. So, I mean, he was definitely one of the best. And then he, I think Bob Orton Jr. was better than Bob Orton Sr. And back in his day, he was one of the best. So it just keeps improving, but there's just something about him that I can't completely buy off on. And I don't know what it is, you know, but he's a great wrestler. I just, I don't know. He, a legend killer was a good gimmick for him. Um, this authority character, Randy Orton does not play as part of the team. I think it, if they had, it was not a, it was not a good fit. I think if Randy Orton should always be a singles guy, you know, because now I mean, he's at that point, you know, now he is one of the legends. And I think we've discussed this on a previous podcast, but he is one of the legends now. And, you know, he really doesn't have anything to prove to anybody because he's won just about every title there is in the WWE. But to me, if you stick him in, it's like a faction, like that brief time he was with the Wyatt family, it just didn't, it didn't fit. You know, and I know, I mean, you can tell they probably made, made it look like it didn't fit because they had plans. Okay, Reigns will join the Wyatt family, and then he's going to turn on him, and he's going to beat Bray for the title at WrestleMania. I mean, that was their plan. But it still didn't fit. Even when you put him in other tactics, it just he's always been more the lone wolf type. You know, just standing always. by himself. Yeah, always standing by himself. And to me that looks like more of a natural fit. And like I said, for him to be a corporate guy and then now of course the Wyatt family, ironically enough, you know, a few years before he ended up joining them coming out and and it wasn't so much they were helping him, it's just they were against Cena. And I don't know, but the, the fans weren't having it. You could tell that. I mean, they were booing every time, 
either one of them did anything. And then they were chanting, you know, Daniel Bryan. They even wanted Daniel Bryan out there. And <clears throat> they were frustrated, and they were letting it be known they were frustrated. It, it was definitely a, a hostile takeover of the match. A little bit. But in, Which... But kind of the predecessor to the Royal Rumble match itself. Yeah, that should have been a hint what was going to happen. And what they probably should have done, they should have been switching some people up really, really quickly. Of course, okay, if we go through the Royal Rumble match itself, um, you know, I haven't seen Punk as your first guy. I mean, I know he was... At the time, you know, he was right up there with Daniel Bryan. He, they were probably the two most over guys in the company. Um, and even though I would say, uh, I know, unpopular opinion, I've never been a big CM Punk fan. Um, nothing against his ability. And it's really more of the person, you know, behind the character. He seems to me like he's more of a pain in the butt employee than anything else. Right. You know, he's not getting his way, so he's going to start whining about things. And he's going to whine very publicly about things, and it's just not the best way to do business. But, uh, but he I mean he could put on some um, very entertaining and exciting matches. He could. Uh, to go to sleep, move him. I was never sold on that one. That to me, I was like, okay, you jumped up, then you just kicked him in the face, and that's it, really. But go go to sleep with. He should have been the Anaconda Vice as a finisher. But Vince didn't want him tapping out bigger wrestlers with that move. <laughs> yeah, see, that's where Vince needs to just stop thinking like that. Because if, if the move is good enough, it'll make anybody tap. So... Yeah, uh, and actually watching this again uh, the past couple of days, uh, I pulled it up just so I could refresh on them. I got a lot of these, a lot of these things, and then about the Rumble match itself, some things I had forgotten about, wrestlers I'd kind of forgotten about, like Damian Sandow. He was another crowd favorite. Uh, another one that, for whatever reason, just didn't didn't reach that next level. Like when he should have cashed in money in the bank, did it against Cena and ended up losing. And just another opportunity. Yeah. Um, and like as you look at the entrance that come in, CM Punk won, he's gone. Seth Rollins is um, still there, of course. And then Sandow, gone. Cody Rhodes, gone. Gone. Kane, more or less gone. Retires. Yep. Um, Rusev is gone. And he was Alexander Rusev, and they they were describing him as being, oh, this guy, he's really great right now in NXT. So 
<laughs> he was apparently not on the main roster yet, even though I'm pretty sure he was at the main roster here pretty soon after that. In fact, I know he but, had to have been, but okay, I remember watching a couple times. You got Jack Swagger, who's in AEW now. Yep, and he's a big dude. Kofi, Kofi Kingston won the heavyweight title last year. Yep. Jimmy Uso, not really on television at the moment. Um, Gold Dust, gone. Dean Ambrose is AEW heavyweight champion. Ziggler's Ziggler is about to lose on Sunday. <laughs> More than likely, yeah. Even though I like, I actually like Dolph Ziggler a lot, though. Um, I think I'm, I think he's a solid performer. Um, I wish they would give him a title and keep it for a while. But of course, they don't let anybody really keep their titles for a while anymore, um, except for Bailey for whatever reason. Um, Bailey is fantastic. Uh, I think with Bailey, they may be ha- trying to have her break. Um, was it Nikki Bella's record? I remember Nikki no, Bella's. They're um, they're building her up, and they're going to turn Sasha Banks. And it, Sasha Banks is going to beat her for the women's title. Yeah, I can see that. But anyway. Uh, uh, back to the Rumble, you got R Truth at thirteen. He's, uh, he's still there, still entertaining, actually. I mean, and more entertaining it. now than he would have been in 2014. Not as entertaining as when he had Little Jimmy. When he came out there last week on Raw or whichever one it was, and it had to been um, Raw because Flair was there. And he's like, you're looking pretty pretty cleaned up for the dirtiest player in the game. Are you Tazawa? I about lost it. <laughs> because I'm wondering, I was like, is our truth coming up with this just on the cuff? Or is it yeah. being written out for? I mean, it's like, it's just so but you keep going. You got Kevin Nash next, and he's retired. Yep, that was a special opinion. Roman, Roman Reigns is uh, on the... COVID list. Well, I don't blame him. He should be. Yeah. Uh, Great. Great Callie is retired. Thankfully. Sheamus is uh, making fun of somebody's alcoholism. Same, same gimmick. Not really over. Which, that's a shame. Sheamus, Sheamus is actually very believable. But anyway... Um, well, his character, do you watch the Celtic Warrior workouts where he works out with different wrestlers? No. Great video series, perfectly likable guy. It, but, like, this stuff he's doing with Jeff Hardy right now is just awful. Yeah. Number 19, you got Fandango. Oh, you, you skipped somebody. The Miz. No, I mentioned The Miz. Oh, you did? Okay, somehow I missed it. You got Fandango coming next. He's in NXT now. And, yeah, back in NXT. El Torito is after him. He's gone. And he's admitted, excuse me, a little person at that. Which I, I know they did it just for the real quick pop entertainment value. You know, but 
don't know. I mean, I feel it's kind of a waste. And because you know, everyone else, you say, okay, that guy, you know, they all stand a chance. What this dude come in there? There's no way that they're going to let a little person win the Royal Rumble and then go on to headline WrestleMania with a world title shot. So just leave it there for entertainment value. Um, and then Antonio Cesaro, which I had totally, totally forgotten that he was part of the Dutch Mantel or Zeb Coulter, we the people thing. He he was kind of uh, throwing. He was, uh, but still, and, and not a not a good fit. Like, no, they have he, not he, he's found, not American. He's Swiss. They haven't found something that works for him. Like what what happened to the Kings of Wrestling, Cesaro? From ROH. I don't know. I mean, from what I also remember about Cesaro, this WrestleMania that came up after this, you know, WrestleMania 30 in New Orleans, the one where they had the first Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. And Cesaro won it. I mean, and he picked up Big Show and just threw him over the top rope like he was tossing a bag of trash. And that's when everybody kind of got on notice and went, holy crap, this dude is, it's not like he's real buff, but he's just ridiculously powerful. And he showed that. Well, he's, because everyone looks the same, he doesn't give the appearance of being buff, but the man can put up some weight. Yes, he can. So, no, no lie, He's a 400-pound-plus venture, something 600 in the squat. Those, that's a lot of weight. Uh, yeah. Uh, number 22 here, another Drew guy Barber. that's gone. Yep, Verdi Lee. Uh, Jay Uso, of course, is still there. Go ahead. JBL at 24, he's now retired, Hall of Famer. Rowan. Eric Rowan, another, just released. Yeah, and no idea where he's at now. But um, oh. Next up is uh, Ryback, and this is kind of the end of the beginning of the end for Ryback here in WWE. Yeah. I, mean, I actually liked Ryback. He was one of my son's favorite wrestlers there for a while with the with the feed me more thing. You know, my son absolutely he loved that. Um but when you hurt people all the time, they're not gonna let you stick around. Allegedly. Was, allegedly. I know. I mean that was the accusation was he was hurting people. The accusation was he hurt CM Punk. But CM Punk was a malcontent. And who 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 else did you hear Ryback hurt? Uh, wasn't it Natalia's husband? I can't think of his name. Well, Tyson Kidd. Oh, was that was somebody uh, else, wasn't it? Samoa Joe hurt him. Ah, uh, okay. That's right. But Ryback got a raw deal, and you, you have him beat CM Punk in, during CM Punk's title reign. And, again, another star. 
um, Alberto Del Rio, who's, well, he's been in the news lately. Um, Batista coming in as number 28. And I don't want to say this run for him was wasted because he came in not long before the Rumble. And then he was in part of the main event at Mania. Are you still with me, Kyle? Yeah. Um, okay. Looking, um, Alberto Del Rio's in jail. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's been in the news lately. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. Yeah, he's in the news. Um, Looks like he's going to be coming out there for a while. Well, he's going to be wrestling in jail. But Yeah. Uh, Biggie, and, and, like, thankfully for the New Day, um, Biggie could have been another one that had fallen behind, but he's really found his um, moments in in the New Day. And very entertaining now. And then at number 30, as the crowd displays, the biggest disappointment in the Rumble. And that's when Rey Mysterio comes out. How do you boo Rey Mysterio? A returning Rey Mysterio. Yeah. But only thing, it was because he was not Daniel Bryan, and then they really turned on him when he got eliminated two minutes later by Seth Rollins. They they actually cheered. And, and I remember... The first time I was watching this, going, okay, this Roman Reigns dude, okay, they must be really giving him a push because they really talk. oh, he just broke Kane's record for the most eliminations in one rumble. And then they had Batista throw him out, which I get that because Roman was not ready, definitely not ready then. He wasn't ready the next year either when he actually won the rumble. I truly disagree here. But Reigns? Ready for what? Ready for the the main so, event push that he was getting. Had they pushed him organically through this rumble, if they do an audible, Roman Reigns doesn't have the difficulty of his three years because the crowd wanted it. They wanted him to win. It was only because they forced him on us that the crowd rejected him and made his elevation to main event so much harder. Well, I think that push actually came the very next year when, once again, Daniel Bryan's in there. Now Daniel Bryan's actually in the Rumble next year, and he gets thrown out. Now that's when they turned against Roman because – we wanted Daniel Bryan, and you're not him. And you've really been, you know, you're being pushed down our throats, and we don't care if your cousin's The Rock, and he's going to come out there and give you an endorsement. And but, that never helped. No. But it had, had he done it on his own here, he, he didn't have to go to WrestleMania. Well, if he would have won here, I mean, the, he'd have the title shot. But 
they did it the, well, the very next year, though. They had him and Daniel Bryan actually uh, have a match at Elimination Chamber. And if Daniel Bryan would have won, he would have got the, the title shot at WrestleMania. But, of course, you know, he didn't win. And But he was kind of like his way of endorsing Roman Reigns. Oh, if Daniel Bryan says, you know, hey, this is the man, the, the crowd will listen. But then the crowd still wasn't really buying it. Because it wasn't so much, it was, they didn't want Roman shoved down their throats. And that's the way, I mean, I can, I can understand. Because I was one going, I mean, you know what, I like him. His promos, though, are horrible. I mean, he's definitely got the look. Definitely got the lineage. His promos, though, are just hard to watch. And that was right at the time that he, wasn't this at the time that, that, that he said, suck and suck attach? He, it, it was something terrible like that. Yeah, but anyway, but main event is Royal Rumble's about to end. The best chant of the night, uh, Batista in his blue trunks, and they they started calling him Blue Tista. Ah, <laughs> uh. <laughs> just. It tells you everything you need to know about this Royal Rumble. We're not cheering the winner. We're commenting on his tights. But here's something I don't think has really been mentioned too much about this Rumble. Um, It was kind of a double turn. Because Batista walked in. He was supposed to – he came back to the company. He was supposed to be a face. Roman Reigns came into this Rumble. Um, The – to the night itself as a heel because the Shield were a heel faction. They were a heel team. Before the night's over with, the fans are cheering Roman Reigns and they're booing Batista to the point where it's flipping them off. And he's supposed to be a good guy. You know, and he's letting them all know they're number one. He, uh... What, what is fat... It, you start to see just the rejection. Um, had Batista been cheered here, he uh, should have gone on to WrestleMania, main evented, would have faced Randy Orton. I that's what Vince wanted. Which uh, I think that match would have been okay. Maybe. I'm pretty sure they've gone against each other at some point. Then you have the Daniel Bryan or really Daniel Bryan gets pushed because CM Punk walks out. Yeah, and that's something that they couldn't plan on. And that it, it it's sad to say um they wouldn't have pushed Daniel Bryan if CM Punk was around. Probably not. Uh, of course, then again, I mean, CM Punk, his attitude was getting worse. He was starting to be abrasive. And I'm pretty sure you've heard the uh, podcast he did with Cole Cabana where he gave you know his side of you know why he walked out and everything. And um, so there was as we're finding out now, you know, some backstage friction with him and the office. And um, 
and when he walked out, I remember Stone Cold saying, dude, you don't want to do that. Trust me, I've been down that road. It is not a good decision. But he never came back. So, I mean, we witnessed his last match with WWE. And uh, just the opportunities that um, Daniel Bryan and CM Punk for the heavyweight title would have been something else. That would have been a good headliner at a mania. Well, Vince may not, not have had it because they're both small guys, but but it still would have been a good match. Very good match, actually. But as we know now, I mean, it didn't happen. It won't happen. And, you know, but there's anything, if there's anything, though, about the Rumble match itself that I would change. JBL comes out. El Cerrito comes out. Daniel Bryan goes in somewhere in there. Probably put Mysterio at number 24, put Daniel Bryan at number 30. And as far as anybody else to go in there, well, you know what? Put Bray Wyatt back in there as well because they were both in the first match, you know, after the dark match anyway. They were both in the, the first match, so it wouldn't be out of the question to have them come back for the Rumble. Happened before. I really don't know. Um, it, that's a tough one to to think about in hindsight. Well, if we bring Daniel Bryan back, do we have him win though? I mean, because we—I mean, we all know what happened to WrestleMania anyway. But do we have him go over? Well, in, in, this, in this case, I think having Daniel Bryan lose the way he did, it did make his push um, to to the main event, his story, way better. The ultimate underdog? Yeah, because it, it, the, the fans really got behind him uh, because of what happened. Well, not only that, but I mean, they didn't really mention it too much, but he had been fired by the WWE a couple years before this, like legitimately fired. Yeah, fired for choking out Justin Robbins. With <laughs> yeah, the tie. Exactly. Yeah, choking a dude with a tie on TV. Yeah, not exactly a good thing. You know, they're trying to be family friendly, and here he is, you know, choking a dude out. But he came back, and he's now one of the most popular characters, even when he turned heel, and I will say he was one of the most annoying heels in my opinion, when he went all, you know, he had the organic belt, which looked like it was just kind of made out of, you know, wood. And I wasn't a big fan of that, but I didn't understand why they turned him heel anyway. Make much sense. I, people, people didn't want to boo him. They didn't. Not at all. Yeah, so it seems like there there have to be a lot of changes to really make the fans not boo this card. Cena and Orton 
they should have had somebody else uh, going against Orton that night. Almost anybody go against Orton that night, but didn't happen. And Cena was um, Cena was still the big dog. Didn't matter if he had the belt or not. I I just look at the Royal Rumble and just synonymous with everything that's wrong with WWE wrestling is just personified in the Royal Rumble from 2014. When you don't give the fans what they want, they stop watching and they stop buying your product. And the average rating in 2014 was 3.9. Today it's 1.4. Way before COVID, it was down there. Um, and I mean, wrestling, man, wrestling is the only live action show, sports entertainment or otherwise, on TV today. And you're getting a 1.4 because your product sucks. Well, was it? I think it was back in the fall, maybe last summer going into the fall, where every Tuesday morning I'm reading on you know, some of the different notifications I'm getting that, well, Raw just set a new record for low rating. Well, Raw just set another record for low rating. Well, they just, the record they had last week, well, they just broke it. And apparently that wasn't enough to make Vince take notice because, yes, I realize, you know, he's not necessarily about the ratings, but at some point you've got to pay attention to that going, hey, Vince, you realize this every time you had this rating, lower rating means lower viewers, which means lower income. And you're a billionaire now, well, again, you know, 300 million you lost once and just overnight, it can happen again. It's just the amount of time, like this is only six years ago. Right. And that's how far it's gotten, are fallen. And turn a couple of these around, give the fans what they want. Like the fans wanted Zack Ryder in the internet wrestling championship. What'd they do? They had Eve kick him in the balls, Kane throw him off the stage. And now he's not employed anymore. Well, I think one of the things, and I don't, I don't think this card necessarily led into this, but going to Saudi Arabia every six months, and then what they do when they get there, okay, the Saudis want some of the old wrestlers and they're competing against each other. So we're going to have no build. There's no reason for it. And the match may or may not be horrible. The match is not going to be great. These guys are past you know, putting on great – they can put on good matches, but not the great matches like they used to have. So odds are it's not going to be even a good match. If you don't use, you don't use the old stars to make new ones. Right. 
and that that's a problem. Uh, so what um next week what, what do you think we got? Oh, uh, well I have some ideas, but I was thinking maybe the <laughs> um Rick Flair going to the WWF the first time when he when he left WCW. How the WWF could have done it a lot different because they wasted an opportunity. But we could always do that some other time, and if you have something else, but I, I like your ideas too. Well, how, how about how Ric Flair is the real world heavyweight champion, and what made him such a great champion? I mean, you're talking a long career. But it'd be a good discussion. Yeah, well. Of course, I don't know if we can cover everything on hours, so we may end up having to make it more than one part. But we shall see. We'll see. <laughs> yep. And so if we're talking Flair, I mean, Flair and World Championship, so first time was when 1981 or 82 when he beat yeah. Dusty. So. Well, this was a good discussion on the Royal Rumble. As disappointing as it was, trying to make it better, not with what we were given. We could try. Sometimes you just got to play the hand you're dealt. You may try to draw two more cards, but if the best you can do is three of a kind and the other person's got a flush, well, that's it. Flush wins. Flush wins. It may not be a strong hand, but it's the winning hand. So on that note, Kyle, I will yep, until next week, my friend, I will talk at you and we will get together and figure out what we're gonna do. All right, man. Talk Bye, to dude. you later. All right. All right. See ya.